Welcome to the Personal Wealth Coach with Jake and Jeff McClure. Uh, we're going to be talking today to you about the recession that wasn't the mass predicted recession of 2023 that didn't happen. Now, we are very proud of ourselves because we said it wasn't going to happen, but we're going to talk about why it didn't happen and why we really shouldn't be proud of ourselves for saying we didn't think it was going to happen. I know that seems a little weird. We're supposed to be patting ourselves on the back here, but um, that's what we're going to be talking. Do you have some addition to that subject as a, as a precursor to what we're going to talk about? Well, that's basically what I want to talk about as well. I think that's important to, to get that out and discuss it and the implications it has going forward. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the Personal Wealth Coach with Jake and Jeff McClure. Uh, we are here to talk to you. I know that's weird. This is the Personal Wealth Coach. That's the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm, and it's not very coincidental that the two guys talking on this podcast are the same two principals at that firm because it's were interrelated. Uh, the firm predates the program, but the program predates the firm. And if you can figure that out, then you've figured out um, corporate law. We can't give investment advice in a podcast because we don't know everybody that's going to be listening. So privacy's out the window and we don't know everybody that's going to be listening. So our obligation of only giving advice that suits the person we're giving it to doesn't work. So what are we doing instead? Um, education. We're hopefully going to teach you about what all this stuff means, at least to some extent. Uh, the, that's a big chunk of it. We are not giving investment advice. We're giving education. Uh, the things that we're talking about on here, we've gathered this information from places that we deem to be reliable. Um, but that isn't a guarantee or a warranty that what we're saying is, ac is exactly correct. You probably should do some extra research before investing anything off of the words that we say on a podcast. Uh, last piece is just because the SEC is where the firm is registered doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we are the anointed ones or any other form of approval process. They are simply the regulatory authority. And that's the end of the disclosures. So now on to the recession that wasn't. Um, this we're recording this at the in January of 2024. It still we it feels weird to say 2024. It's that new. And Everyone and their grandma in the economics world at the end of 22 predicted that 2023 was going to be a recession, that we were going to have a big one. It was, it was due, it was ready, we're coming off of the morphine of the stimuluses and so on. Or is it stimuli? Stim I think it's stimuli. Stimulate, stimulatory, yeah. Not everyone forecast a recession, we didn't. Correct. We forecast, we forecast a non-recession. So the, the big reason that we're having this podcast is how did we get it right? Why did we get it right? Why did everybody else get it wrong? Why is right and wrong even part of this? And the first thing I'm going to say is right and wrong is kind of irrelevant. We got it, but we could just as e easily have missed it. Why? The GDP is how we measure growth in our economy. And it's a really bad method of measuring growth. Um, government spending doesn't really add to growth almost ever. 
but the government spending is part of GDP. So that's not the only problem with GDP. When making a prediction of how fast we're going to grow, um, are you a meteorologist, Elder Baldy? I, I have very well. I've done a little studying of meteors. Okay, so so I am not a meteorologist. You've studied meteors, which is a different. I also form. studied. I also studied the weather because I used to fly for a living. Okay, can you predict how many winter storms we're going to have in the Northeast this year? No. Well, why not? You're an economist, right? You're, you're supposed to be predicting the GDP. Why can't you predict winter storms? That's a big component in, in the GDP. I can predict that the weather will get cold and there will be winter storms. But as far as the number of winter storms, no, not going there. Okay, how about this? Are we going to have a new pandemic this year? I have no idea. Uh, how about Turkey? You know the country of Turkey. Is it um, about to invade another country without notice? Uh, or... I- or any other country I for that haven't, matter. Haven't haven't got any clue. They've already invaded another country, but that's okay. Okay. So yeah, and this is that's part of the reason why I brought up Turkey. Turkey's invaded another country. Most people don't realize that. Um, just just ask the Kurds, and they will tell you all about it. Uh, so w- why am I bringing all that stuff up? Those are all components of GDP. I don't care what economic school you went to if you don't include those estimates and assumptions in your GDP forecast, then you're going to be wrong. So we said we didn't see a recession coming in 2023. We could have been dead wrong. All it would have taken is a couple of big, bigger winter storms in the Northeast or another big invasion of another country somewhere. Um, Why is that a component of GDP? This is something, you know, I've said this for lots of years when I talk to undergrad students at econ classes and I ask them questions about things like, you know, the first quarter of, I I present a bunch of quarters of GDP growth or shrinkage. And I show over 10 years, why is it that the first quarter is so often so much lower than the other quarters? And I get all these responses. I get responses about Christmas. I get responses about people being tired and needing to recoup, or it's the New Year's resolutions, or fill in the blank. The reality is it's winter, and winter still has an impact on our ability to do business. Snow on the road makes it harder to ship things. Ice on the road makes it dangerous and hard to ship things. Uh, A big uh, storm in the Gulf of Mexico can disrupt the oil market. Just a storm there can disrupt one market. Well, if we think about all of the storms that could happen and all of the earthquakes that could happen, those have an impact on GDP. So what happened is we didn't get that many winter storms. Why were people predicting a recession? This is even better. A lot of people were looking at what coming out of the pandemic. We did a massive amount of stimulus. We still had a lot of people unemployed. Um, there were um, The stimulus was stopping. The employment hadn't picked all the way back up yet. And looking around, it looked like we had an overheated economy and the yield curve inverted. What does that mean? Yield curve inversion. You want to give a quick, can you give a elementary school level description of what a yield curve is and how it could be inverted? Well, normally yield curve shows that longer term loans have a higher interest rate than shorter term loans, but that's not the way it worked out. The treasury is borrowing money. We're loaning money. People who buy treasury securities loan money to the treasury. So the way it worked out, the shorter term treasury securities were paying a higher interest rate on an annualized basis than the longer term securities, which is upside down. And 
is what we call an inverted yield curve and normally leads to a recession, but it didn't this time for good reason. Okay. Usually that leads to a recession because small businesses, when they're expanding, say they need to buy a copy machine or a new metal bending machine, they might put that on a short-term loan from a bank or from a credit card someplace. They don't want to dig into their savings and mess up payroll to buy the new piece of equipment. So they go to the bank and they say, hey, we've been doing business for a while. Let's get a loan. Well, those interest rates went way up. And that means the business expansion got more expensive. So why, and and that's a very basic (laughs) example, Uh, but the reality is that small businesses require short-term loans to expand, usually. What we had in place of that is we had a huge amount of money loaned to small business from the years before or just given to the small businesses. Um, and you can have all your arguments against or for this, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. That's kind of irrelevant when it comes to economics. We have to look at what pieces are on the board, not whether or not it was a good idea to put them there. So the loans to small businesses already existed and they filled up the bank accounts to way above average into record territory. We haven't had that much money in the bank ever. In the history of the United States, apply inflation as much as you want. We had a massive influx of money, and it wasn't used right away. And a lot of people say, well, that was the reason why we had inflation. Well, inflation comes from a lot of things. It's not just how much money's out there. Because we had a lot of money out there and didn't have inflation until a war happened. Um, And the folks in Europe didn't get huge stimuluses They didn't get a lot of money sitting in their bank, and they had worse inflation than we did. So put that together, big inflation running. The the Federal Reserve is doing everything to clamp down on the economy, to slow it down so that we don't have inflation running into the future. It makes sense from history for most people to say, well, that's got recession written all over it. What would you say is... I've got a single biggest contributor. What would you say is the single biggest contributor to us not having a recession in 2023? I think it's a little bit complex. Uh, The single biggest contributor was the fact that when the Fed started raising rates and the interest yield curve, the treasury yield curve inverted, the economy was absolutely not in the normal condition it is in when the Fed does that. Correct. The... uh, Normally, what happens is during a business expansion, businesses go through their savings and business continues to build up and they hire more people and eventually they run low on savings and they begin to borrow money. And as they borrow money to expand, they borrow more and more money to expand and they have to keep doing that. They have to borrow money to hire people to meet the increasing demand. When interest rates go up, banks then are more hesitant to make loans. The loans are more expensive and that has a tendency to slow the economy down quite a lot. But in this case, inflation hit while businesses and individuals still had a lot of cash on hand. In other words, we weren't in the typical tail end of an expansion. We got inflation not for the standard reasons that we get inflation. We got inflation not because of an excess of demand, but because of a shortage of supply. Right. And enough money so, to pay for it. Right. And it was we were we were basically in a completely different condition than the standard normal business cycle condition. So the same the standard normal business cycle indicators were inaccurate. And I, I agree with that. So you kind of came around to it. We weren't in the normal place that when interest rates go up, 
causes at the end of an expansion, usually when things are booming, businesses have committed every dollar that they have available to them. You would think this is the time that they build up reserves and so on. That's not history. History says that businesses, when they see expansions going, they're spending every dollar they got so that they can grab more money and they overcommit. And then interest rates go up and they're overextended. They're now in debt and it's costing them. So they have to slow down their expansion. We had a different situation. Businesses were sitting on piles of cash. They still are. It's just not as big a pile. So when we went through the tough times of 2023, and there were tough times, we had big layoffs across the tech world. Um, Usually that would lead to higher unemployment. At the time that we had these massive layoffs across these massive tech companies, we didn't see unemployment go up. We saw it go down, which seems absolutely backwards. How is it you can lay off all these people and then have more people hired than got laid off? Well, the answer is the IT folks that were laid off at these big companies, the little companies were sitting on money and they have been avoiding doing software projects because you have to hire a massive team of people to get a software project done. And it's a huge amount of money. Well, there's an advent of a new technology that came out here. They call it AI. It's not complete AI yet, but the AI is there and it caused the layoffs and that these massive corporations didn't have to have 87 programmers to do a job. They could do the same job with 47 programmers. So that caused 40 programmers to get laid off. But the same AI that allowed more work to be done with fewer programmers allowed small business, which has been avoiding updating their technology for years, to hire those same laid off programmers in one or two in a batch to come and do the work that they were doing for a big corporation to update their system, but they only needed one or two programmers to do it with. So we saw small businesses hiring at a massive rate at the same time that large businesses were laying off. And when it comes down to what is a good sign for the economy, that is absolutely perfect. We want more people working at smaller businesses that are nimble and able to change and grow in a different way than the absolute largest companies. So all of that amounted to innovation and an increase in productivity. The new technology started coming online pretty quickly in 2023, which caused profits to go up. And that's the final piece is that across the corporate world, we saw profit profitability increase dramatically during 2023. These are all things because of new technology that came into an environment. So when an economist is looking at, are we going to have a recession? They're looking at, well, unemployment and um, inflation and money supply. They're not looking at so much at productivity, which is massive big in the economy. Uh, If we can break down the economy into two major factors to say what causes growth, demographics, that you got to have enough people. You haven't babies, you haven't immigration. If you've got a growing population, that's a good sign for growth into the future. And then second to that is how much productivity are each of your workers doing? And if the productivity is going up at the same time that you have a growing demographic, then you have growth in the company, in in the country. And that's what we saw in 2023. And that's not to denigrate those that saw us coming off of the stimulus. What are we going to do without stimulus now? Well, the end result is that we used the stimulus. The stimulus brought us through 
the time period that we expected to have a massive crunch. That crunch didn't happen because we used the money in the bank. Um, and you can see this in graphs and the goods spending and the service spending and how it increased during that time period and made up for so much of the negative side from the negative from the inverted yield curve. Now, could we have a recession going forward? What's your thought on that? Absolutely, we could. I don't think we will. I think, although there's some people who are convinced that we will have two quarters of very, very mild recession this year, it is possible that we might, but we still don't see any sign of it. Uh, what 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 I've seen happening in, and it just came, it's, it's something that recently has started popping up in the news too, is that people have held on to far more of their cash assets above what they held before the pandemic. Right. It's the new normal and, to have more savings. Right. And employment has stayed high and wages have kept up with inflation this year so the if you have high in it if you have high employment and people having good high high employment with people being paid well that will tend to keep things rolling and then with both people and corporations having larger cash reserves than they normally do the increased short-term interest rates which probably will stay with us i think through the towards the maybe the third or fourth quarter this year before they begin to reduce those i agree are not going to have a big negative effect on people uh, I think what we'll probably see is our growth rate continuing to slow, although there was a bit of surprise when 3.3% for the fourth quarter, that's annualized, right, right. and 2.5% for the whole year 2023. Interesting point, if you, if, you take, if you don't adjust that for inflation, the United States economy in 2023 grew 6.3%. Now, economics teaches you you must adjust that for inflation, but the perception of the average consumer in our economy is consumer driven, thank God. And the perception of the typical consumer is that there was a growth of 6.3% because we don't consciously plow inflation into our, uh, into our subconscious uh, calculations. And as a result, we're seeing a dramatic increase in the uh, optimism that people are having about the future. They feel like their jobs are secure. They feel like, uh, Prices are stabilizing. They generally feel very, very good about the economy, which means they're go probably going to keep on spending. And if they keep on spending, we will not have a recession because our, unlike Germany and Japan and, and China that are driven by exports and thereby subject to the economies of their customers, our economy is primarily subject to us. If our consumers keep on spending at a normal level, then the growth rate will probably tail off to a lower rate, which is good because we really, frankly, can't tolerate 3%. We don't have the infrastructure to do it. And instead, we will continue to grow at a real rate of about 2% as time goes forward. Yeah, I'm, I think what you're saying there, I'm, I'm looking at annual change in U.S. GDP. I've got 2023 as 3.1%. Um, mm. And you said three point three. I think it. I think we're just looking at no, different. no, no. The, the fourth. Well, the I'm looking at the uh, gross domestic product fourth quarter in year 2023 advance estimate from BEA right Yeah, here. that's the two point five percent. The annual yeah, it's for the whole year is three point one percent, and that's you know we had a four point nine percent in the middle of the summer. Um, that's really fast growth. And I'm, you you mentioned two percent. That's if you look back over the last ten years or so, that's kind of an average two two and a half percent is what the United States has been doing. So for this year, twenty twenty three, to have that much more growth, part of it was all the expectation that we weren't going to, and the people kept spending anyway, and that caused a growth. And this is really nice when we saw 
earnings up for corporations and profits up for corporations, it's because people continue to spend. And the corporations that had the most problems were the ones that stopped buying inventory and were preparing for a recession or ones that were bought up into the stratosphere at some point in the past. And Peloton being one that comes to mind where people bought uh, from them and said, I need an exercise bike or I need some kind of exercise machine. And then um, at the end of the year, they realized the gyms are back open and Peloton thought that they were going to um, get new exercise bikes purchased by each household forever every year, that's not a good model. So this is why we saw no recession coming in 2023. There was just too much cash on hand. This wasn't stagflation, and that's the big thing that people were worried about. They'd come out and say stagflation. What is stagflation? Well, most people's experience with inflation is from the late 70s and early 80s when we had high unemployment and high inflation. And the concept there is high unemployment and high inflation causes us not to hire more. It, it isn't a good thing. Well, we had low unemployment and high inflation. So how did we change that? How did we get back to not having more inflation? Well, the interest rates going up caused people to stop buying houses and cars like they were candy. Realize that, hey, high, ex- high price on a, on a house means actual high price. You can't just pay forever. So it and increased the expense in a couple of very important areas, and that slowed down our spending across the board. Uh, so that that is the my long and short of it. Um, mm-hmm. And do you have anything to wrap up this the inflation the the uh, recession that didn't occur? Well, I think one of the things that's likely to occur in the not very far distant future is we'll get back totally toward not totally but somewhat towards. A normal business cycle, but it's going to take a while to do that. We did not, because we didn't have a recession and because we didn't have a normal expansion, we are not in the normal business cycle yet, which means it's going to continue to be hard to forecast and to get a handle on what's going on. All right. So that's the wrap up for today. If you would like to ask us a question to have us answer on the podcast, uh, the email addresses in here are jake at tpwc.com and jeff at tpwc.com. That's Tango, Papa, Whiskey, Charlie, or The Personal Wealth Coach. You can also call us and leave a message with the staff or on voicemail. The local number is 254-947-1111. Or you can reach us toll free should you still have a landline at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. Thank you very much for listening.